Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to a special edition of the North Shore Newsweek um, election recap edition. Um, was a busy night. I am tired. Marty, how are you doing? Equally tired, Joe. A long night. Uh, thanks. Uh, sending out our thanks to uh, Cook County for getting us election results uh, a little bit later this year. And by a little bit, I mean two to three hours later. But that's okay. We made it. Here we are. It's obviously a crazy year. It's been a crazy, uh, you know, 13, 14 month stretch here. So we understand there are some differences in the uh, collection process of Italian uh, results, but uh, we made it. Uh, and hopefully you were, you were fine along with us last night because uh, we put out a lot of coverage, a lot of updates, uh, a lot of local information last night um, coming from us. And that is Marty and I am Joe. Uh, we are not bitter. But we are the co-founders <laughs> of the recordnorthshore.org. Maybe just a little bit better. <laughs> uh, your, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit newsroom. Um, as it has mentioned right there in a little tagline, we are a nonprofit. Um, we are reader funded. And um, so your support makes this happen. And uh, not just funding wise, but um, your readership is why we do this. We do it for you. So um, up late on election night is a, is a badge of honor for us. We're proud to do it. And I hope you... Um, find it useful and valuable. And we're going to, that's what we're going to do most of this pod, probably three quarters of it. We're going to just run down our election results in kind of a pretty broad strokes as much as we can in, in, in this 25, uh, 20, 25 minutes, but you can go to our elections tab. So go to the recordnorthshore.org, click on topics elections, and you can check out all our coverage from last night. Um, if you want to go all the way back to our preview coverage, you can do that, but we got all the recaps for you ready to go. Still building out some of the interviews, but all the numbers are there. Um, the only thing still withstanding is mail-in ballots that did not arrive by election day. Um, so you can, as you can imagine in a municipal local election, those numbers aren't going to be huge. And we believe it can maybe only swing one race in Kenworth. And that is a possibility um, and probably not a likely one. Um, but the other races are all pretty well in hand and we're gonna go through them all right now in our lead story with all of them. We're gonna start with village presidents. So our coverage area, you got a lot of fresh faces sitting in that village president's chair. Um, first, we'll start with the contested races. We've got Senta Plunkett um, topping Joel Kurzman. Both were trustees for Wilmette village president. Plunkett becomes the second uh, woman trustee in Wilmette history was able to talk to her today. Um, she's very proud of that fact. She's proud of the campaign um, and uh, was a bit emotional talking about um, being a village president for Wilmette and serving her community. Very happy about it, obviously. Um, and she won pretty handily um, with a 59% mark with all the precincts reporting. Um, it was a pretty clean campaign in Wilmette and Santa Plunkett will be uh, your village president, Wilmette. Um, the other change, uh, the other contested race was in Kenilworth where we have Cecily Kaz holding a 60 vote lead with the two precincts in Kenilworth reporting. That's the one that we think possibly if all the ballots maybe went for Paul O'Connor, um, since Kenilworth's such a small town, it could happen. It's a long shot. Only 400 and change votes were cast in total um, up to this point. So um, it would take quite a chunk, um, but that is where we stand um, right now. Cecily, this would, uh, she is a trustee 
um, and she was on the uh, a selection of the Kenilworth, um, the KCAC, um, the Kenilworth Citizens Advisory Committee. Um, and so she is, will most likely be your next village president in Kenilworth. What else we got, Mark? We've also got a new village president in Northfield, and this was one of the uncontested races. Um, and that is going to be current uh, village board trustee, Greg Lungmas, who will now be Northfield's village president after voters elected him. And then we've got uh, income in Winneka, we've got incumbent Chris Rince, who was reelected to his second term uh, as the village president of Winneka. So he'll be returning. And then we've got another new village president in Glencoe as well, Joe, Joe as voters elected uh, Howard Roin um, to uh, replace uh current Glencoe Village President uh, Lawrence Levin, who uh, announced he would not be running for a third term. He had served two terms as Glencoe Village President. So in our coverage area, four new village presidents and uh, one incumbent retaining his, uh, his seat as village president. So uh, we start at the very top with some significant changes uh, in, in our coverage area. Yeah, now we're going to get into some of the races that were maybe the most anticipated and maybe the most surprising, at least on election night, from what we um, from from what happened. So, first in the New Trier School Board, maybe the most polarizing race in our coverage area, and obviously covers all of our towns um, in the area. And we had the top four that was slated by the New Trier High School Board Caucus: uh, Keith Ronan, Avik Das, Kimberly Alcan Al Alcantara, and um, Sally Tomlinson did win out. Um, pretty. Um, handily again over the two challengers, Julie Cho and Chad Perdue, almost more than 1,500 votes ahead um, of them. Um, Avik Das was the low man of those four, and Kimberly Al Alcantara was the top person, but they were all more than 1,500 votes ahead with all 47 prinks, precincts reporting. Um, and this one got a lot of attention moving in, some lot of noise around this campaign, um, some interest from some outside, I shouldn't say outside, some. Um, some partisan groups like the Nutria Republican Organization, a group was formed called Wilmette Moms Care that got involved. Um, there was a lot that was going on, a lot of emotion around it too because of COVID-19 and the debate over when kids should get back into the classroom, whether they should get back into the classroom. Um, obviously educators and how they felt about students being in, students being out, the learning platforms. There was just a lot of debate, much of it healthy, some of it not. Um, but it, it led to a very polarizing race and, and the top four ended up taking um, it um, thanks to the voters. Certainly a, a bit of a turnover for this board as well, Joe. I think we alluded to this on a previous episode a few weeks back as uh, three longtime board, mem board members did not run um, for election this cycle. So uh, a bit of a turnover with some familiar faces who have been on the board for many years and even in the, uh, the president position of the board. And that's uh, Carol Dukeman, Mark Gluck, Glucksman and Greg Robitaille, who will not be returning to the board, um, but I think combined had over 20 years of experience on the board. So uh, a bit of a new era for the, for the Nutria High School Board of Education moving forward here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's, there's more to that story. We talked to challenger Julie Cho um, about her thoughts about the results. We also talked to um, um, Victor's Keith Ronan and Kimberly Al Alcantara um, about it. So check out those interviews as well. They're both in there. Um, you know, and, and speaking of turnover, we got plenty in Wilmette, um, Marty. It was a, it was a very bad night for incumbents on um, some of the municipal boards. Um, on the Wilmette Village Board, uh, Kathy Dodd, incumbent, was the 
was the leading vote getter, but um, the other incumbent, Peter Barrow, was voted out as newcomers Justin Shepard and Kate Jaya um, are, are in. Um, it was a close race um, as uh, Peter Barrow finished with 21% of the vote, 21.7%. Um, just about 115 off the pace. And Brian Locke, who was the final challenger, um, also finished in the race, but he finished with only nine. Yeah, and I, I should mention to our listeners here, Joe, that this is one we'll be keeping an eye on in the coming days forward because you mentioned that, um, that close margin between um, third and fourth place, and that is something we'll keep an eye on for the uh, potential effect of mail-in ballots because Trustee Barrow – um, the incumbent, as we mentioned, is just uh, a little over 100 votes behind that third spot. There were five candidates in this race vying for three seats. So something to keep an eye on, because I think this was um, one of, if not one, it was one of the closest, if not the closest races we, we followed last night. Yeah, definitely. That'll be close. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated. So those are the projected winners right now, um, but it could change. So um, in the in the village board, remember Peter Barrows on the outside looking in right now incumbent in the park board with a nine person field here. Incumbent Brian Abbott is on the outside looking in currently. So those are two. Um, and the, uh, the, the top three were Allison Frazier, Patrick Duffy and Kara Koslaskis. Um, and they will be seated if, if these vote numbers hold. Um, they received uh, 2,300 votes, 1,700 votes and 1,600 votes respectively. Um, in the lead, um, Brian Abbott's right at about 1450. Um, so almost, uh, he's, he's over hundred, uh, over 200 votes behind crazy field, Andrew Levy, Mike Doyle, Rich DeLeo, Mark Schumacher, and Walter Keats all finishing, um, the bottom six or the bottom uh, five there. So it was just a packed field, very hard for voters, um, probably to, to discern. We hope we helped with our previews, but, um, newcomers, Allison Frazier, Patrick Duffy, and Kara Koslaskis will we'll sit on the park board if these numbers hold too. So crazy race there. Uh, it's just a mouthful to say all nine. And then we're going to go to the park board. I'm sorry, the library board where two more incumbents were voted. Really out. bad so, night to be an incumbent, particularly on the library board. Yeah. So uh, Peter Barrow is out in village board, Brian Abbott in the park board and longtime park library board members, Ron Rogers and Stuart Wolf are out as the voters made a statement um, voting in Tracy Summer, Marianne O'Keefe, and uh, Trish Nilan um, as the top three candidates. Julie Cho also ran in the race, but was not among the top three. Um, really, you know, Ron Rogers has been on the board since the 1980s. Um, Stuart Wolf is a multi-term library trustee. This race really hinged. I don't know about a hinge, but a big talking point was the $15 million that the board has, that the library has in reserves, which is um, – a good significant amount higher than it is needed um, by their by their bylaws to have in there. And the public uh, was questioning why. And um, after coming to the public for funds um, a few years ago, uh, many, many years ago, um, it seems they're just sitting with a lot of reserves right now. So a lot of people question that. Um, so voters said time for some new blood and that's what they got here. So um, Tracy Summer, Marianne O'Keefe and Trish Nilan, all new to the library board. In Wilmette. This is all Wilmette, by the way. I'm sorry if I did, didn't say that clearly. School boards, Marty. What do we got on the school board side? We had three other contentious school board races. Yeah, we're still waiting on some results on the Avoca School District 37 race, which is 
uh, a race that we alluded to on last week's podcast as well that we're fo- that we've been following very closely. It was a race that we once sort of, um, well, not sort of knew was going to be an uncontested race, and then all of a sudden took a sudden took a bit of a sudden turn with um, as of election night, six candidates vying for four seats on the board. Um, the twist to this race is that only two of those candidates uh, appeared on voters' ballots. So. We're still waiting on information from the county in terms of the write-in, ca- write-in candidates. So we're not able to uh, declare who the winners are of that race just yet um, because the obviously it takes the county a little bit longer to tabulate some of the write-in voters. But we had six candidates, as I mentioned, vying for four seats on the Avoca School Board. We'll keep you up, updated as soon as we get uh, an update. But the two candidates who did appear on, voter, on voters' ballots were uh, Gil Gabori, and Amy Doss, and it looks like they had generated about each 24% of the vote as of uh, our recording right now. So we're still waiting, as I mentioned, on the results uh, for the four writing candidates who are running as well. And then we had the Wilmette Public Schools, Wilmette School District 39 Board of Education race, and we had two incumbents retain seats there. That's John Ciceretti and current board president, Lisa Schneider-Fabes. So they'll be, be, they'll be back on the board next, uh, next cycle as well. And then two newcomers were also collect, elected to the board by voters, and that's Ann Hart and Bonnie Kim. So um, two incumbents, two newcomers welcoming or joining the Wilmette School District 39 Board of Education. And then and that race real quick, Marty, on that race, that was quote unquote contentious because there was a fifth member, but Jane Hong Schisler, who was that fifth um, candidate, basically announced about a month ago that she backed out, um, but she, it was too late to get off the ballot. Um, she announced work obligations, professional obligations, um, kind of restricted her for doing her due duty, if uh, due diligence, if she was elected. So she was trying to inform voters that she did want to collect the vote. She collected 10% anyway, but not enough to get on the board. So just a note on that race. Yes, good point there, Joe. And then we had uh, in Sunset School Ridge, in Sunset uh, Ridge School District 29, we had uh, three newcomers elected to the board there with Holt Ziedler, Abigail Joseph, and Samuel Dolzer um, earning election from voters. So uh, a bit of a, a new look there on that school board as well. But uh, we followed those three uh, cont- quote-unquote contested school board races last night. Uh, and hopefully we'll get an update on the uh, VOCA race here very soon because that, that's a race that has generated a lot of local interest, particularly in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's a small district, but it's uh, an important one to, uh, you know, lots and lots of people. Obviously, it uh, includes Wilmette, um, I think a, a bit of Winneka as well as um, a bit of Northfield uh, and a bit of Glenview. Um, so a um, lot of local interest there and we'll update you as soon as we know. There were also two referenda on the, uh, in our coverage area. Um, and, uh, you know, um, not very surprising in Glencoe, voters said yes to $10 million um, in a bond issuance from village um, government for improvements to uh, roadways, sidewalks, kind of infrastructure improvements in three phases. Um, I believe it was 82%, kind of a whopping margin for a referendum, but Glenview voters were, were obviously very much behind that effort, um, and that'll go forward, uh, much to the delight of village government. Um, and the other one was an advisory referendum served to the whole township on uh, should the U.S. government, um, U.S. Congress pass legislation um, implementing a carbon fee on fossil fuel producers. Um, this is just kind of gathering an opinion from areas across the country and Nutria Township voters um, by a margin of 66% uh, 
said, yes, um, they, they sh there should be a carbon fee on fossil fuel producers, which hopefully um, helps the environment going forward is the idea behind that. Um, just an advisory question there though, no binding, um, no glue behind that. So nothing uh, that'll lead to direct change. And that's it, Marty, did we forget anything on election night? I think we just about covered it all there, Joe. Um, and I encourage listeners to check out our website in the event that we did miss something because we've got coverage from every race in our area um, last night up on our website and uh, with a lot more details than we were able to just talk over in the recording of this podcast. So if you're still looking for more election coverage, more election news, um, head over to the record northshore.org. And we've got tons of, tons of coverage up from last night on our website. Yeah, plus some reacts too from some, um, you know, public officials, village uh, government officials. So check that out um, at the record northshore.org. And that's our election coverage. Um, we're going to kind of finish it up here in the last uh, quarter of this podcast, maybe even smaller, just some other things that we were on this week. Uh, that we think you guys should be aware of. Um, first, we had a fun little story about the Glencoe Beach. Uh, their passes are exploding. Uh, Megan Bernard, our managing editor, was on this. They have sold more, close to 6,000 passes so far um, for the Glencoe Beach. Um, and last year, they sold 6,000 total, and that was a huge jump. I think that was about a 600% jump for them. Um, and the village only has 9,000 residents. Um, so this is pretty crazy stuff. It's obviously somewhat COVID adjacent as people are, are hoping to get inside, hoping to enjoy the world and the environment and the, the beautiful amenities there in Glencoe. Um, so a pretty cool story. We got some numbers breakdown for you. So you should check that out. Also, Marty, you talked a little, uh, you did a little dive into some local COVID numbers as they're, they're rising a little bit. Yeah, some, some concerning trends here, and um, it's important for all of our listeners to know that um, while it feels like we may be in the, in the home stretch of the pandemic and, you know, with the worst behind us, the, the data that we're seeing come forward now is very concerning. And um, these, these numbers are as of last week we recorded on this story, so I'll do my best to um, try to just look at it in a bit of an overall sense. But from what we've heard so far this week, a lot of those similar trends are can are continuing today uh, in Illinois as overall as a whole, we saw almost 4,000 cases of COVID-19 reported, which I believe is the highest number we've seen since the end of January. So um, obviously something of great concern there. And then in recent trends specific to our coverage area, a lot of our towns have seen significant upticks. And I believe in Glencoe, um, over the past couple of weeks, there's been a roughly a 200% increase in the number of COVID-19 cases. So um, the, the encouraging note of this is, is that vaccinations are ramping up and speeding up very quickly. And we're uh, admitted as, a, as the state administering more than 100,000, on average, 100,000 doses of uh, vaccines per day. So that's very encouraging. Uh, but we're getting to the point now where suburban Cook County officials are beginning to look at re-implementing mitigation members, which is obviously a step none of us want to see happen and is a, is a, is a step, quite frankly, in the wrong direction. So uh, it's important to keep your guard up and maintain, you know, these, these mitigation member measures that we've heard so much about in the past 14 months here, you know, mask up, uh, keep your social distance, keep washing your hands and keep doing everything you've been doing over this uh, over this 14 month stretch here in this in this pandemic to to main, maintain safety because 
unfortunately, we're, we're very much seeing some, uh, some rather significant upticks, not only in our coverage area, but throughout the state. So we haven't heard anything official yet from the, the county about new mitigation members measures, I should say. Um, but we're, we're sadly inching towards that if these numbers continue increasing in the rate that they are. Yeah, so check that out and we'll back it up soon with some more numbers. Um, they're a little light from the past few days as everyone was on um, spring break, but um, hopefully we'll update those and hopefully the story is a little bit happier this time. But uh, max up, uh, mask up and get, and get back and let's, let's put this behind us as best we can and, and be smart about everything. So the last thing we wanted to touch about in this episode was um, Big Earl coming to town. Um, another fun story we have this week is um, a new Wilmette restaurant or, or an upcoming one that's going to open in June, Pit and Tap, had a, a special delivery this week of a three-ton barbecue pit um, called the Euler 1300 model. Um, it's nicknamed Big Earl, Big Earl by uh, the, the restaurant's owner, Michael Clark, um, because of Earl Campbell, the best oiler of all time, if you get the pun on that one. Uh, but uh, it had to be delivered on a flatbed truck all the way from Mesquite, Texas, then it had to kind of be unloaded from that truck and maneuver around downtown Wilmette traffic just to get it in the wide open front facade as they, they remove the windows and, and the, the, the front facing uh, materials there so they could get the smoker in. They had to reinforce the floor um, beforehand with steel beams and other, other materials just to make sure it wouldn't fall through. So it's right there. It's the center of the restaurant. It can smoke 1800 pounds of meat at once um, in this bad boy. So pretty cool thing. You should see the photos, you see the story pit and taps coming in early June, just a fun little, uh, local community story for you. And that's it. That's our week that was in local news. Um, maybe we get to take a little bit uh, of a couple hour nap or something that would get back at it, but, um, we're happy to serve the community. Um, it, it's been a busy and good week for local news. I hope you are able to read those stories. I hope you're able to vote and uh, participate in uh, the election cycle. And uh, congratulations on all your new public officials. And we'll have plenty more news for you coming up this week. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone.